0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay.
1: So just that deep breath in, followed by the exhale. this idea of resting our awareness on this experience we're having. Sort of letting the awareness of what's happening just kind of follow and be with whatever's most clear in your experience. To me, this feels a little bit like One of the things I love to do which is in a warm ocean on a beautiful day is to float on a raft like one of those air mattresses where the water is warm enough but cool enough where you can just let your body rest on the raft and just float there being supported by the ocean feeling the subtle movement in the water usually in that situation small waves maybe receiving the sounds of the water in a way we're resting our body on the ocean, letting our body just follow the flow of the water. In the same way, we can let our awareness rest on our experience here, the breath or the sensations in the body. There's a certain surrender or letting go into the experience. Like letting the experience be what it is. We can't really control the ocean, right? We give ourselves to the intimacy of that experience. So if we're working with an anchor in our practice like the breath it can be this feeling of just feeling that resting on the exhale resting on the inhale breath after breath and It also can be resting on a sound we're hearing Sort of like, oh yeah, that that truck, you could hear the car And then the sound fades away And you can kind of rest into that space too So again, this idea that we don't need to struggle. If we get caught in thinking, at some point when we realize what's happening, we're already back. We're resting again right there. Ah, right here, into whatever you can sense in your present experience. Sometimes, if we have minds that are active for some reason at the moment, there's two things we might try for having a hard time settling, resting on that raft. One is that three-breath journey, just following intimately an inhale, followed by the exhale, three breaths in a row just, that's it, a small, short little period of being very connected and then we can just do another three breath journey after that After taking one of these three breath journeys, you might just notice what that felt like. What's the impact of just, just that one little intimate connection to three breaths? and if it's a one breath journey instead of three no problem every moment matters it all counts You know that feeling you have when you're really relaxed and you can hear people talking or maybe the phone and you just don't really care. It's a... You're just so content, resting, relaxing, that things can be going on around you and you can hear them and they come and go and you just... It's okay, it can wait. Imagine having that feeling right now. That being with your experience, however it is right now, is just good enough, content enough. giving into it, resting in it. So whatever those thoughts that come up in your mind or plans or remembering. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Mm, yeah. Mm, breath. Mm, breathing in and breathing out. And with whatever else you're aware of, it can just be going on together. Is it possible to just have the breathing be in the forefront and the other things happening in the background or to have the breath just breathe in and through the sounds or the sensations or the thoughts? Practicing in this way doesn't mean we're suppressing or rejecting anything. Instead, we're just simply prioritizing being aware. Being with... can be helpful to ask yourself, what can I notice that's different between the inhale and the exhale? Do they feel the same, different? Does the breath feel the same on the way in, in the nose as it does on the way out? Just getting a little closer. A little more connected. Noticing the temperature of the breath. Is it smooth or rough? Sometimes with each exhale, I can just feel a little more letting go again. Eat deep in my back, my shoulders. At the end of that exhale, there can be this little feeling of letting go, dropping. Maybe the breath gets a little slower. Maybe there's a pause between the exhale and the inhale. And maybe not. Just being close. Resting on. Whatever you're aware of. and I'm going to ring the bell and I want to invite you to stay in your meditation for a moment let the sound of the bell be part of what you're aware of see if you can just hold your awareness until the sound is fully gone While staying in your meditation posture... So in a min- minute, Diana will talk a little bit about concentration. Is it okay if we ask? Are there any comments and reflections about your experience with this meditation? What did you notice? How was it for you?
2: Thank you, Ann Rose. Please. <laughs> Um, well, I was uncomfortable in the cities. You know, I try, you know, I, when I'm ambitious, I try to sit and, mm-hmm. on the floor. Because normally I'm, on a, I'm sitting on the in a chair. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm concentrating on trying to get too comfortable. And then my leg was falling asleep. And then I'm like, oh, this is not what I wanted. I'm like, wait, just get up and, and move. And I did. And it was cool. I just was... I really liked the sensation of focusing on what the breath felt like going in, and I never thought of it like that, because sometimes when I'm focusing on the breath, I'm like, okay, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, but what does that feel like? I I like that. It was nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's on you.
3: I thought I was uh, doing a good job uh, uh, concentrating, and then all of a sudden I just faded out. <laughs> and I found myself leaning over one way or another, and I thought, well, oh, that's not so good. <laughs> and then I write myself up and said, okay, I'm going to stay in a balanced, focused position. And next thing I know, I'm leaning over the side again. It's, uh...
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, it's a little difficult for me to do two things at the same time I think so my mom just tries to go to a place where it's quiet and then it's hard for me to start counting breathing or I'm not familiar with that in fact I don't even know why we have to do it three times rather than two or one Mm -hmm. so I was just struggling with that because I was pretty comfortable where my mind was, but then I had difficulties in following you know what you were saying something about breathing which at at some point I just stopped listening I guess uh-huh. with, with a lot of respect yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah.
5: <laughs> but
4: that worked for me because i'm I'm not really familiar with that yeah. uh, three times or two times so
5: great thank you uh, I think earlier in the meditation you said something about imagining like a lazy Sunday where you don't have to like do anything or you don't care that was really helpful because I think I realized that with thinking I naturally kind of try to resist or judge or change it so that was really helpful and then I think I noticed that as my thoughts kind of went away weirdly enough I get I guess it's like I have a lot of thinking energy and when you remove the thoughts the energy just kind of comes out which is a very interesting experience so yeah <laughs> thank you thank you maybe
0: I'll, I'll just add the uh, Tonya when you said like floating on a raft I hadn't heard that before it was fantastic all of a sudden was like Phew! I just felt really great. Like, just relaxed, floating. It was very nice. So, thank you. I have a good question. Go Sorry, I should have
5: asked it while I have uh. So, is concentration practice not really what we kind of normally associate concentration with? Okay. It's more like a concept. Uh, I'll talk about oh, okay. that in, <laughs> okay. in a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna talk,
0: uh, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. Okay. So I think uh, it was very helpful, Tanya, that you asked us, well, what, what associations do we have with this word concentration? And Iris, you had said, well, I think I kind of, feel a little bit like stressed, or I, I don't remember exactly what word you said, but for me, my ear, my shoulders go up towards my ears, like, oh, I'm supposed to focus. So because of that, I'd like to um, suggest that we use another word, just because concentration, it has this Baggage that goes along with it. We have this big association of whether it's supposed to be. So the Pali word is samadhi. And I like this, samadhi, samadhi. Has this kind of like this relaxed uh, feeling about it. And it turns out that that is really important. In fact, integral to concentration, we might say. So samadhi, if I were to define it, I would say it's probably not what we often think about this word, concentration. But instead, it's like the mind and the body feeling unified, kind of like feeling collected, feeling in harmony and with a sense of well-being. So the sense of well-being is integral, as well as one way we might think about samadhi is like non-distraction. So just kind of like collect this sense of collectedness. But we often think of it as if something that the mind is doing, that the mind is, you know, right on the object. And it's very common that we use the breath as the object. We don't have to, but that's very common. So, but, but I want to highlight that not only is well-being really important, but the body is really important to for this, uh, for kind of like this collectedness, this wellness, and then I maybe I'll also mention that so often it's we have this idea: okay, I need to be concentrated, or I am concentrated, or I'm not concentrated. But I think it's much more helpful to think of it as a spectrum. Like sometimes we're really, really distracted, just can't keep things straight at all, and sometimes there's this sense of settledness and in this tradition there can be an extreme sense of settledness it can go really far on the spectrum so instead of having this idea I'm concentrated or I'm not concentrated because sometimes when we have this idea I'm not concentrated then there's like and I should be right? is this little beating ourselves up or, or then I have to try harder and then we kind of get tight and strain and strive and that's not the direction to strain and strive or beat ourselves up does not help absolutely it doesn't help in fact it goes the opposite direction it's a form of distraction so it's really helpful because this is how it actually is it's just a spectrum so just to notice am i moving towards more settledness and well-being or am i moving away settledness and well-being I think that's a really helpful way to consider this, as opposed to this binary yes/no. Am I this way or not? So, how? Maybe I'll, I'll add one more thing about some concentration or samadhi. Here is it's not only about collectedness and well-being. And I'm using this word well-being purposely to be very vague, because we find it. We find our way into that in different ways. For some people, it's um, just a kind of a quiet sense of contentment, drinking hot chocolate. For me, when I was a kid, that was like something that I loved. You know, so that kind of a, a feeling. And for some other people, it's really a big giant like wahoo it's my birthday you know that kind of a feeling so just well-being wherever uh, however you experience that so not only is it well-being and this collectedness but the third element is that when this happens the mind is able to see things that are a little bit more subtle than we can see in our regular way in which we're practicing, we can start to see things that aren't so obvious when we're in our regular, I sometimes call it like street consciousness, when we're just going down the street type of thing. And one way to think about it is if uh, mindfulness is like awareness, and we can think of awareness as like a flashlight or maybe even a telescope that looks at something, it brings attention to something and highlights it so that we can see it. And samadhi is, we can think of it as like the uh, tripod that's underneath it. So then this beam, whether it's a telescope or a flashlight, is then steady, steady on whatever it is it's seeing. And because it's steady it can see things that otherwise you can't see. For example, if it's a telescope, right? You can't see things so well in a telescope if it's jittery, and so this allows it to be steady. So an obvious question is, well, what is the difference between mindfulness and the samadhi thing? Like, wh- how is the meditation different? What, what, what's the relationship between them? Well, one way is that mindfulness which I kind of like, we know we have this object, which is very often the breath. Pay attention to the breath. The mind wanders. The mind wanders. It's planning. It's dreaming. It's doing whatever it is. And then it comes back to the breath. The mind wanders, and it comes back to the breath. With mindfulness practice, we're holding everything in kind regard. So if there's an uncomfortable body, body sensation, we could just put the flashlight of awareness, mindfulness onto that uncomfortable body sensation. Hold that with kind regard until it's no longer compelling and then come back to the breath. With concentration practice, we have this object, the breath. We just stay with the breath, stay with the breath, one breath, two breaths, three breaths, ten bazillion breaths, however many. And then we have a kind disregard. Disregard. the other things we just stay with the breath and it's not that we're shoving things away it's not that we're insisting that they be different but we just kind of like this kind disregard maybe it's like okay I hear that sound but I'm just gonna let it go I'm not gonna get tangled up with it and get mad at it or anything I'm just gonna, there's a sound but just stay with the breath stay with the breath so that's one way we might understand the difference between mindfulness and concentration. Whereas mindfulness might have the breath, and then the sound, and then bodily sensation, and then come back to the breath. With a concentration, it's more just breath, 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 breath. That's where we're kind of why putting not breath.
3: Um, yeah. So. Why not, uh, uh, uh,
0: But I can maybe say with John's question, he's asking like, why the breath, and why not something else? When you focus on
3: uh, maybe a positive image, uh, a positive sensation, or something else, you know, why the breath? Well, yeah,
0: yeah. This is a good question. Like, why the the breath? So it doesn't have to be the breath. Hmm. Uh, We uh, this is the most common for some people. It just doesn't work. Um, Maybe they have, you know. Trauma, or they have asthma or something like this, and just to think about the breath is really uncomfortable. But there's a few things that's helpful about the breath. One is that uh, you can tune into the sensations, to the experience of it, because I was mentioning earlier how the body is involved. So it's not just... Mental. Even though we use this word mindfulness, it feels like a misnomer. It's really like bodyfulness. Or so. Um, so the breath is something that the body is doing. And because the breath has this movement, it's a little bit easier to pay attention to. Because it's harder to pay attention to something that's static. If something is a little bit moving, then the mind is a little bit more interested in it. For example... Tanya, in her guide meditation, could have said, pay attention to the beginning, middle, and end of an exhale. And that's a way of kind of like getting a little bit more intimate with the experience. Or what's the, what does it feel like to have the gap between an inhale and an exhale? So these are ways in which the mind can, you know, kind of like tune in and maybe like touch the experience um, more. Um, closely but John asked well why not a positive image or something like this like we absolutely you could do like a candle flickering or um, some people do loving kindness practice we're not going to talk about that so much today which is about phrases and like sending well wishing to other people and to ourselves so it definitely can be that But I would say for concentration can be like the candle flame or loving kindness phrases or um, all kinds of things, probably. uh, Yeah, visualizations and all these types of things. Mindfulness practice is more just about the bodily experience, the actual what's happening. And I don't... I don't have experience doing mindfulness with, uh, like, uh, imagining something. The problem is that we're trying to stay in the present moment, and the body is in the present moment. Like, of course it is. Where else could it be? But the mind, not so often is it in the present moment. It's always planning or remembering or fantasizing or rehashing a conversation or, you know, something like this. So to our life is actually happening in the present moment, and this practice is to really help support our life. So to be in the present moment is kind of like mindfulness. So one way to think about this is that um, concentration naturally... Arises if we do a lot of mindfulness. If we just start doing mindfulness and we do it a lot, concentration naturally arises. What does that mean to do it a lot? Well, there's two ways we can think about that. One is for longer durations, that when we sit, then we just sit for longer durations. And of course, right, we just start to get settled eventually, it happens. Provided you don't have like body, bodily pain, because that's uh, distracting and you often won't get settled, or provided that the environment supports you, that if the neighbor's dog and gets joined the whole chorus of something else, or you know provided the environment supports you and your body supports you, just sitting longer settledness and well-being just start to happen. So it goes towards concentration. So that's one way to be, like, sit more, you'll have some concentration. A second way is just to be regular with practice, you know, to meditate every day, meditate daily. Even if it's just for five minutes, you know, meditate longer, you'll have more concentration, more samadhi. But, um... This kind of regularity of practice is really helpful, really can make a difference. So that's the second way you can do it longer. And then the third way you can do more mindfulness is to do a day-long retreat or a week-long retreat or something like this. So that is to meditate for, very, for a number of hours in one day. And of course, because the body cannot do that, cannot just sit still for so long... Then um, you do sitting meditation. And when we do it here at uh, IMC, we do this on Wednesday mornings. It's um, sitting meditation and then walking meditation. So you can move the body and maybe bring the energy up or bring the energy down and then go do sitting meditation again. And then on retreats, you can do like then walking and then sitting. So sit, walk, sit, walk. So this alternation just to help take care of the body. Otherwise it's too hard to just sit for that long. But you can do walking meditation in a way that really can support this collectiveness and this sense of well being and the sense of harmony or unification that can happen. So it doesn't have to be in the seated posture. For some people they do lying down. But then the you know meditation practice soon Turns into sleeping practice, which is fine, right? Because, I mean, it makes perfect sense. This is what our minds and bodies are used to. You get horizontal, you close your eyes, you go to sleep, right? Those are the only times in your life that you're horizontal with your eyes closed, usually. So it's definitely uh, something that has to be practiced to be able to do mindfulness laying down. So, what are s- some other things to. Like think about it. if we want to have this sense of unification and well-being, there's a number of ways that we can do to really support this. And it encourages that um, things that we're doing off the cushion, off the cushion when we're not meditating, do have an impact on the mind. Of course, right? There's only one mind. So the same thing that uh, is maybe watching TikTok videos where I I don't know how long they are but they're short right and so one after the other after the other after the other and the mind's like stimulated like okay so doing a lot of that you know the mind of course is going to have a hard time settling down or maybe there's a way in which there's a um, part of like this kind disregard that I talked about so we're with our anchor, I could use this word anchor. So I'm suggesting it's the breath, but as John pointed out, it can be other things, it doesn't have to be the breath. We can use this word anchor. That um while we're with the anchor, we could have this kind disregard for uh other whatever else is happening. But that this kind disregard requires a little bit of like this letting go of like, okay, I'm not gonna get tangled up with that sound. I like to use the neighbor's dog barking because that's it's part of my life experience is I have a neighbor whose dog barks on occasion. That's, so there's one way in which we could just sit there and be fuming, right? Like, I can't believe it. Why don't they let the dog out, this poor dog? And and then they always do this, and you know, maybe the dog needs some blah, blah, blah. right? We could just really get tangled up with the... When I say tangled up, I mean like lost in thoughts. But... There's a way in which um, we can let go of the stories we have about it. Like, yep, we could follow that thought train and think for 20 minutes about how the dog should be otherwise. Or we cannot. Just kind of let go, like, oh, I'm lost in thought. Okay, I'm just going to let go of that. So this idea of letting go is not so easy initially, might be something that we need to kind of like cultivate and practice. So this is something that we can do when we're not in the meditation posture. It's just practice letting go. And so what does that mean? It means there's a number of different ways of letting go, of insisting that we have to be right. You know, letting somebody else, like they may be saying something and... We don't agree, maybe we don't correct them, or maybe we don't insist that they have to know what we're doing. Right? We do this in, a, in the settings that are appropriate. Or maybe we let go of wanting to have our preferences. If, uh, For example, you and your partner want to do something, and your partner wants to do something different, maybe you just kind of let go of your preference at that time. So just these things that we do in our daily life really help settle the mind and the heart instead of always trying to get one more thing. So this practice is not about acquiring. It turns out by letting go, all these beautiful things naturally arise. We do not have to go chase after them. We do not have to make them happen. But they're just happening with this letting go including this samadhi, this concentration, letting go of the things that are, that are distractions or insisting that things are different. So that was a, just kind of a, a little bit about uh, samadhi. We have time maybe just for a few questions, but I kind of threw some, a lot of information out that way. Are there some questions or comments?
5: Does this mean you don't explicitly practice concentration or like if you naturally do a lot of mindfulness meditation, eventually as you're doing a meditation, you reach concentration? Is that kind of how it works or do you like explicitly do like concentration practice as well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Iris. This is great.
0: Um, both. Sometimes you can say specifically, oh, yeah. I'm going to do concentration practice okay, and that would mean, uh, you know, just like staying with the anchor. And I would say, you talked about you do like open awareness practice and yeah. you can definitely have concentration with open awareness. It's It uh, takes a little bit longer. Sometimes I practice this way. It takes a little bit longer to uh, settle, but the mm-hmm. settledness tends to have a little bit more stability when the, when the mind settles if you're doing open awareness practice. Okay. So, yeah, and sometimes it is true, right, if you just do a lot of mindfulness it'll just start happening, the concentration.
5: Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm.
4: Just quickly, so you start with mindful concentration, and eventually that will take you to the, I guess, con- mindful meditation, and then that takes you to const, uh, my, uh, const, uh, No focus, the concentration. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: So that's one way, and that's a very common way, Mm -hmm. but you can intentionally do some concentration also, and that is to just really um, stay with the anchor, stay with the anchor, stay with the anchor, and have this sense of collectedness and well-being. So this allowing the sense of well-being to arise while staying with the anchor, with the anchor, with the anchor, or it's a lot of letting go, I have to say, too. I, I don't know, Tony, do you have something that you'd like to add here? Hmm,
2: um...
1: I think I, I to me, I really resonate with that idea of letting go. Um, and I kind of uh, kind of mentioned it in the meditation, sort of that feeling of being so relaxed that it's sort of like it doesn't matter anymore what's happening around you. You just don't have you don't care enough. you don't you know, you said the kind disregard, which was a really fun way of naming it. Another way is, so it's like, it's almost like also this idea of letting go. There is a phase in which it is a very active process where we have to try and help ourselves let go of something. No, let go of the ice cream. Or, you know, no, let go of worrying about later. But the more we let go, the less it's actually... The more automatic it becomes, the more it becomes like instead of having to let go of something, it's more like, I don't want to pick up anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's okay, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like just sort of like, it's just too much work to pick up something else. It's, it's, you're too relaxed to want to get up, (laughs) you know, um, so I think that it changes. And I think there's, in the beginning, there is this, you know, anytime we start to sit, there's more of this active energy to helping ourselves stay with the breath, helping ourselves let go of the thinking, to come back, to hold the posture. But after a while, it's like um, things like the in a snow globe, right? If you shake it up, all the little snowflakes are swirling around and, and you set it down and slowly the snowflakes come to the rest, come to rest at the bottom of the snow globe, right? And there's almost a similar process that starts to happen for us, that things just start to come, I like the word resting, to a place of resting, We're just sort of intimate with whatever settled, intimate resting. And then what will happen is like picking up the snow globe, you know, we move, the snowflakes get stirred around, and maybe it's a thought or a pain that comes up, and it does the same thing. It stirs the mind again. And... You know, sometimes that might be a lot, but sometimes it might just be, oh, and then it's, oh, it just comes back to rest again.
0: And I'd say, you don't have to worry about concentration at all. You don't have to. You can just do mindfulness just and and there's some people, maybe I'll just add this last thing. Some people have a propensity for concentration and some people have propensity more for mindfulness. Just different minds are different. So not, this isn't necessarily that something everybody has to do or everybody wants to do or something like this. It's just a recognition of something that will happen if you do a lot of mindfulness practice.
1: There's one other word that I've used that I like, which is there's uh, intimacy, a sense of connection, intimacy with with your experience, and that um, and that happens in mindfulness too, when there isn't um, there there isn't contention with what's happening, and there also isn't engagement with what's happening right, entanglement with it. There can just be a like walking with your good friend and there's this sense of connection and intimacy between you. Um, and I think that there's a way in which that our, our mindfulness can grow uh, in this intimacy when there's this lack of contention and this lack of um, engagement, but, but not meaning disconnected. makes sense?
5: Yeah, okay. Yeah, Iris. Um, If you kind of have a hard time letting go, is that where kind of like the mindfulness, developing that relation first will kind of help you let go easier? (laughs) Or how do you kind of help let go easier? (laughs) go
0: ahead. yeah this is a great question and you know and we're asked we' saying oh just let go <laughs> no problem <laughs> definitely this is like a skill I, I would say it's right something that people definitely have to um, develop so there are a few things and one is uh, maybe like in our daily life to recognize when there are moments of contentment and so we tend to be dismissive of when everything's okay. We all just don't even ignore them. We kind of. But there might be times when you're sitting in your car and like everything's fine. You just, it's fine. Or you uh, just finished a meal, everything's fine. You know, this sense of everything's fine. So this cultivating a sense of contentment allows the mind and the body and the heart. To recognize, oh, there it's um, it's there is possible to have this sense of okayness without always looking for the next thing. So sometimes we just have to l- reassure this mind and heart that, yeah, there are these times during the day when things are okay. And again, this is not necessarily easy because you know our habit is to notice oh that's a problem i have to fix it oh that's a problem i have to fix that and we get rewarded for fixing problems and you know in our professional life our family life this is what we do so this is kind of a radical thing that uh, we're suggesting here so i offered one thing do you do you want to offer something for us?
1: yeah i like i like the idea of let be another approach to letting go is oh just letting it be I don't have to do anything about this <laughs> I don't have to change it I could just let it be and everything is gonna the itch is gonna go away you know the irritating sound is gonna happen and then not happen and then happen again and sort of a, a, again it's a non-contention a little bit to me um, not having that sort of just willingness to let things be the way they are um, in you know in meditation um, is a letting go and it's easier than this idea. to me letting go has a very active feeling to it, which there are times we need we might need to kind of make a decision that might be another way to put it. I need to make a decision to stop arguing with this. And then we decide that, and then we have to remind ourselves and remind ourselves. And then slowly, as we keep remembering that we're not going to argue with this anymore, we, it just fades because we're not engaging it anymore. It fades away. And that's, that's kind of one way that we let go. So, letting go, sometimes very active, but it also can just be a very allowing letting be.
5: Thank you. Both ideas are very, pretty new to me. <laughs> but great. Seemed very helpful. <laughs> great. Your questions were awesome.
4: For yep. <laughs> yeah. me, the idea of letting go is to actually End up winning, so um, I let go because even though in my mind I'm losing because well you know the, the person who wants to upset me you know it, it, it's it's gonna think that upset me because I'm not reacting to that. In my mind is I'm winning because I can continue doing something different. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I,
4: I, I guess there is not a lot of altruism the way I'm, see- I'm seeing things in that from, from that perspective, but it works for me because I'm willing to lose because I'm actually winning. Yeah. So that simplifies the, you know,
1: yeah, the, the and other which, things. Yeah, which is really, there's so much wisdom in that. To me, that's when I think about the first noble truth, right, which is that they're suffering, to me, this is a way I would talk about what you're saying, which is, I'm going to suffer if I keep fighting with this person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to suffer, so I don't care. Let them, <laughs> let them win, because I don't want to keep suffering in that way. And so I win that way. I win because I'm not going to add to my suffering. But
4: even though the other person in this case, they can think whatever the reality they want. Reality is <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. That's right. I agree.
0: And yeah. maybe if this is okay, I'll say some other things that are support for letting go or for concentration. And that is just simplicity. Mm-hmm. And in all the different ways that it can show up in our lives, just not being too busy, not being in a place that's too cluttered, not, you know. Just simplicity, of course, that just helps things to settle, right, when there's a certain amount of simplicity. And I talked about also kind of like samadhi having this sense of well-being, but just some kindness, right, just in our daily life, just practicing kindness towards ourselves and towards other people. That feels good. Of course it does. So these are some of the things that can help support meditation practice in general, and maybe a samadhi practice uh, in particular. So, I
3: think can you use
1: the mic for the recording? Thank you so much. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: I think of okay. uh, um, meditations is sort of like a mental uh, massage. You know, if I've um, if I'm physically uh, tired after uh, exercise, I could get a massage, and basically the the masseur will unknot all my muscles. You know, and boy, that's that's really relaxing. And I and I noticed that when when I had meditate, I had the same kind of feeling. It feels like your mind is just tangled up with worries, planning, and all this other stuff. Uh, and uh, meditation is just simply taking those tangles away, just like the tangles in your muscle, you know, and and, uh, and it's very relaxing.
0: Yeah, relaxing. And this uh, word "tangle" is a great word. And this is a word that shows up uh, a lot. Is like to untangle the tangle. This, uh, like the Buddhist literature, has this expression to untangle the tangle.
1: I think um, one other thing that might be worth talking about is um, just to maybe invite you to think about moments in your life, right? It doesn't have to be formal meditation, where you you felt that sense of contentment, ease, the untangling, the 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 resting, just whatever you were doing, you you know with the buddha it was under a memory of being under an apple tree as a child while his father was working in the field it inspired him to practice and brought him to liberation remembering that experience of sitting on a summer day under an apple tree watching his father working in the field relaxing that it was very pleasant you know, collected, feeling of well-being, at ease, contented. For me, that memory is of times on boats and floats. <laughs> in the water, with the water, with the sun, with the warmth, with the sound. Of Just, I could spend hours laying on the bench in my father's boat. Or floating on a raft in the lake. Just I, I was so content and comfortable. And um, so I, I wondered if you have memories, experiences that you could describe and and that can help you connect with that feeling, if you'd be willing to share. Go for it, Ann Rose.
2: Um, well, to keep in mind with simplicity... As Diana put, um, like washing the dishes, and the song starts playing, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, not that I want to wash the dishes, but then it's, uh, you know, just if I'm gonna wash the dishes, I, I should wash the dishes, like Tick Tock would say, and and it's just like, even if I'm feeling really bad about something, like I have been recently, I just this feels nice, or this is a nice. I'm like, it doesn't, you don't have to go on a spa day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to to feel contentment. It's It doesn't have to be so big. It could just be so, something like that. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Do you
1: have uh, an experience,
5: Iris? Um, I guess I like the idea of simplicity. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I think your your instructions really remind me of like Sunday afternoons when I don't really have anything on an agenda. That just feels really nice. (laughs) Yeah, great.
4: I have great memories of. um, I like cooking. I mean, I have learned how to cook, you know, especially things from South America. So. I usually get together with friends, family, and mm. just you know spend time cooking and enjoying life. So those are moments that
1: yes, and uh, you know really cooking... connect
4: me with I guess the positive parts of um, everything. Beautiful. So, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So with cooking, you know, you have to pay attention to how you're holding the knife and the vegetables and the pressure. There's so much mindfulness happening. You know, and the smells and the colors to look in. And that's very present moment, right? Very present moment, not having to head off and do a bunch of things on your Sunday. You know, you just, there's this resting in the experience of the dishwashing. You know, that's, there's something really, we're intimate, we're connected, we're, you know, sort of in, open to being with this. Moments in this way that is um, so nice, so nourishing, brings the well being.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe uh, I'll share something too is that um, my mom and I used to make like greeting cards together. And it was just something very sweet. We would just be sitting at the kitchen table, you know, cutting or. I don't know, stamping, doing all this kind of stuff. But it was just very nice. Like, we had this little project that together we were doing, and it was very sweet. So this idea of kind of like doing some activity
2: mm-hmm. of,
0: that requires attention, but it's enjoyable and nothing else needs to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... Are there any other comments or questions, any other curiosities? And Richard, maybe you could check and see if there's anything on YouTube, a question or a comment. Welcome to happy, happy to hear from anybody on YouTube. And so I hope the idea here is to invite you to not get tangled up with the idea of concentration, that tangling up around it will lead to the opposite of Concentration or samadhi.
0: <laughs> samadhi. And, and maybe I'll just share that for me, it was a turning point in my practice when I realized, oh, well-being is a key here. Somehow I felt like strive and I just had to really strain and huff and puff. And it turns out that the certain amount of... um for me, I wasn't feeling well, actually, and during a retreat, and I, so I was lying down in my room and meditating. I was just having a little bit of knee issue, so I just had to give my knee some rest. And it was something about just being horizontal that was just a little bit more, a little bit less efforting, a little bit more comfortable at that time. And um, it allowed, like, oh, some concentration to happen. And, like, oh, this is what they've been talking about. Oh, I see. So maybe I'll say this, that some of these deep concentration states, when they arise, it will be a surprise. (laughs) It will always be a surprise. Because if you're really, really, really striving and straining, you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. So it just arises as a surprise. Just at that, so you don't have to be trying super super hard but at the same time we have been talking about letting go and contentment and simplicity and kindness and well-being it is a skill in terms of it is something that we kind of have to train the mind and the body to do to you know keep on coming back don't follow the distraction just keep on coming back to the anchor for the breath or whatever the anchor is that you're using and we've learned lots of skills in our lives. We learned to tie our shoes, most likely drive a car or ride a bike, or right, we've learned lots of things. So this is just one more thing that we can learn.
1: Yeah. Yes, Cyrus. Yeah
5: have there been times where you've kind of like lost a bit of motivation or like interest in practice and like mm-hmm. um, if you're like motivation kind of ebbs and flows and you've reached a point where you're like uh not really feeling that motivated um have that happened to you and like how do you work with that <laughs> great question iris great question
0: do you want to go first or mm-hmm.
1: no you unless you want me to
0: yes Yes. <laughs> uh, we're, we're only human, right? Of course this happens. And I've gone through phases like, this is crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm never going to do this again. Like, uh, and then, you know, then I do. <laughs> so what helps? Uh, having friends who meditate and sometimes I'm using this word friends really lightly. In terms of, it, maybe it could just be associates or colleagues. Or so it makes a huge difference to be with a group. So whether it's online or in person. So that takes a little bit of effort, right, to log on or to go to a place. But that can really make a big difference to as a support. Um, and there's often sometimes maybe I'll offer this and Maybe some other people have some ideas too. The second thing is, it can be helpful to check in with or reconnect with why we started meditation in the beginning. And, like, oh, I was having these difficulties or I wanted to do something. And it might be that what was initially motivating us has uh, lessened of some of the difficulties or something like this. But It's not uncommon for why we're, like maybe to start because we're having some degree of suffering in our lives. And I'm using this word suffering to go just like stress all the way to, you know, just receiving a very scary diagnosis and you have limited time to live. You know, the whole range from just mildly stressful and irritated to you're going to die unexpectedly and you know it that um, it could be that when we begin practice then it's not uncommon that we catch a glimpse of something and it points to maybe we're not even sure what it points to, but it touches the heart or touches the mind in some way like, whoa, what was that? And it kind of like I feel like we want. I want to touch it again, or understand that better, or something like that. So, that's not uncommon. So, just maybe, if that has happened, to kind of like connect to that, like, what, whatever that was, even if you don't know what it was, that kind of something. But you know, maybe you have some things, Tonya. Or... You know, I was thinking. Um,
1: I was thinking about that feeling of. You know, not being very motivated, and how when I think about any time that I still got myself to sit down, even if it was for five minutes, I I don't think it ever made me feel worse, and I can pretty confidently say I always felt better. And and so um, maybe it's getting disenchanted with the discontent or the the doubt. And being sort of like, well, okay, but I'm going to... I mean, literally for me, for a long time, it was really only five minutes. But I kept that five... I kept sitting for that five minutes. If that's all I could do, that's all I could do. But that five minutes... There was about a year where it was a lot of five-minute sits. But boy, did that that year of five-minute sits leave an impression on me. Really impacted me. So I think um, maybe even if you took two minutes when your mind says, why am I doing this? And saying, well, let me sit for two minutes and see why am I doing this and discover anew each time. Because um, that two minutes will make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Any other, maybe one, one more comment or question, or we can just move to dedication of merit at this point. But I guess I'll just say I really appreciate the questions, the reflections, the engagements. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have, I'm very grateful for IMC and for Tanya, and you, Diana, and the Monday sittings and these Thursdays have been have been revolutionary for my mind. That's been kind of in its own battlefield. Uh, and so, um, the uh, yesterday, in terms of concentration and the surprise element, I realized my I, I came to sit be, to to meditate because of my anxious and you know overthinking and all those things and just stuck very stuck and, and I, then I came to this conclusion when I was on the phone with my sister like oh wait, I notice what I'm doing when I'm feeling really anxious and it's just either with my speech or what I'm saying and whether I'm gossiping too much and I'm like and I never would have I never would have been aware of that had I just taken the time to just be still, and it was really surprising. That was that was last night, and I'm like, oh my goodness! And even if I receive bad news, and I want to hold on to that forever, I don't have to. And if I'm like striving to change it or fix it, and that's usually it usually doesn't work for me. Um, doing something differently, and it was just so. I'm just very, very, very grateful truly so much Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a long way to go but yeah, a 5 or a 10 minute sit in the morning and in the evening for me has been I I can't imagine not doing it anymore because it's to not take that time for myself Mm -hmm. so I could be better for others at least more mindful in what I do it's just thank you Mm -hmm. Thank you, Anuraj, mm-hmm. and thank you for
0: highlighting that we don't just practice for ourselves; we practice for others. This is how the world becomes a better place, right? Just when people are more tuned into what's happening with them and sensitive to what's happening with others. And, yeah. Yeah. Thank
2: you.
1: And a beautiful um, segue to dedication of merit. So we don't just practice for ourselves. We practice for really ideally the benefit of all beings without exception. And um, so one of the things I've been doing on Thursday nights is to help us, you know, all beings is a concept, an idea. Sometimes we have certain beings in mind that we know are suffering or could use the benefit of our practice. And so I want to invite anyone to share anyone you want to name to be part of this dedication of merit, any group, any person, any being, any animals, whatever whatever um, you want us to bring to mind. So is there anything you would like to specify?
4: I guess from my perspective, I just wish all of you Everybody here. Everybody here. Lots of happiness, and I'm very happy that uh, I'm here to so.
3: Beautiful.
0: Beautiful. Right, thank you, Manuel. <laughs> <laughs>
4: this is this is <laughs>
1: Thank you for being willing to use the microphone, even though it stresses you out, because it's amazing. People do listen to these talks.
0: And And we hear about it. I remember when I was a student, too, hearing other people, oh, my gosh, was a lifesaver, like, oh, they're just like me. They have the same questions I do. makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, so I know it's weird to hold the mic, but it is speaking of for the benefit of all beings. It really it, it, it's amazing what happens and you hear people talking about what they heard and it's really a gift. So so may this practice, our time together, the things that you've shared, that we've shared, may it be a benefit to each other, to all of our others in our lives and to all beings everywhere.